Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solace, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend whose skills behind the stick are definitely nothing to sneeze at. She's a mixtress, DC Gina. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Hi, Louise. Hi. Hi. Well, spring has sprung. Has it not? Yes, you could tell by the itchiness in my throat. It, it has. It gave. So, um, and for many people, just like you, spring comes with allergy season. Mm. Congestion, like you said, itchy eyes, uh, sniffles, lots of sneezing. Here's some little thing about sneezing. So, obviously, it's something we all do from time to time. Not during COVID. <laughs> well, no, we're at 86, that's sneezing. Exactly. N- not allowed. It's against the law. Like that, there are many, many reasons one would sneeze. And I have some fun facts about sneezing. Let's yes, I said fun facts. <laughs> They're about, I'm about to blow you away, Gina. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Good dad joke. Up, uh. <laughs> okay, do you know that sneezes, sneezes travel about 100 miles per hour? I did not know that. There you go. And, um, and at, that, at that speed, a sneeze can actually change the rhythm of your heartbeat. Wow. But don't worry, don't worry. I know that there's this myth out there that says that it can make your heart stop. It really cannot, but it can change the rhythm. Kind of cruise. I heard if you sneeze with your eyes open, your eyeballs will pop out of your head. I think I've heard it's the ducks, but you know, just the other day actually, I was putting on my makeup and I had just put my wet my eyeliners Uh. on. And I tried not to, not to sneeze. I tried to hold. It didn't work. It didn't work. I got. I had to start over. I had to wipe off. You had a new Cleopatra look that you weren't sure about. <laughs> I looked like I had like a dead spider on my face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's another little fun fact. Believe it or not, a sneeze can be caused by sex. Researchers believe that the stimulation of that part of your nervous system fires off signals in some people to not just you know fully enjoy the act of making love, but it can actually cause you to sneeze when it's all over. Really? Yep. And here I thought, you know, Dave was just allergic to me all these years. (laughs) I did not know that. Yeah. And then what does it mean if you don't sneeze? Like, it's just not good at it? I mean, what's up? I I don't know. Does Dave always sneeze? (laughs) I don't know. But you know who we can ask? We can ask today's designated drinker because... She is a sex and relationship coach and the creator of Cosmo Sutra. She is Chelsea Allen. Welcome to the show, Chelsea. Hi, how are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Chelsea, Hi. did you know that? Did you know that this it's the same like part of your nervous system? Did you I have you ever heard of that? I had no idea. I had no idea at all. Is this if it's good or if it's bad? <laughs> like I don't, I, uh, well, you would think, well, it may be overstimulation. I don't know. I don't well, sneezing see Sneezing is very satisfying. Do you ever notice that's that true. when you sneeze, you feel really good after? Unless you just do a little pee, and then that's not satisfying at all. You're like, damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, a 49-year-old woman, you know, these are real. That's real stuff, man. <laughs> and it's unsatisfying if you, like, are about to sneeze and you can't sneeze. So I feel oh. like that's relatable, too, right? That's yeah. all. That's yes. the worst where you're like, oh. Uh, uh, and it won't come. It's terrible. Oh, there you yeah, go. Exactly. Yes. When you won't exactly. come, that's terrible. <laughs> I like it. I'm just going to start huffing pollen instead and see if I can get off like that. There, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> it's like the bees, the birds and the bees and the pollen. It's all related. Oh it's God. all related. Oh, my God. So uh, before we go any further, <laughs> Chelsea, will you please um, explain to our guest and Gina, what a sex and relationship coach is, and tell us a little bit about Cosmo Sutra. 
Okay. Well, um, I am just getting started uh, with my own business. I created Cosmos Sutra, and it's a coaching practice where spirituality and sexuality come together. That's my fun little play on words. Um, <laughs> and I work with individuals and couples and throuples, if you got them, to heal and Don't connect. Act. Right? To heal right. and connect and ultimately live their best spiritual and sexual lives. Um, and a lot of people assume when they hear my job title that I'm all about the physical act of sex, which don't get me wrong. I really like that part. Um, I get a lot of BDSM and how to find the clit inquiries all the time. Oh, wow. Um, but I like to start at the beginning uh, with the not so sexy stuff. Um, and my clients have to be willing to work through that discomfort before we get to the quote unquote good stuff. Sure, sure. Like what is the not so sexy stuff? I'm ready. I'm married. So let's go. With two kids. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> yes. Um, so my specialty, um, I love to work on inner child work. Um, so that's going back through our past experiences, uh, through various exercises to repair and heal trauma and triggers that we experienced in our youth. Um, it's kind of like rewriting our history with agency in a sense. Um, so since all of our wiring comes from childhood, when we were first developing, I like to start there. Um, may as well take it back to the root of the problem. <laughs> um, so most people are like, I want blowjob tips to please my partner. And I'm like, let's talk about if your father showed you enough affection first. And wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And that can be like super off-putting for people. People are like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing this work. I just want to talk about the sexy stuff. Um, but I think that that's so much more essential because it, it all leads to the sexy stuff. But you have to start at the not so sexy stuff first. Yeah. yeah. Like being yeah. able to give yourself to your partner. Absolutely. Right? Is, that, is, that, is that what you mean? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I hear you. And just knowing knowing yourself at your core, what turns you on, um, what brings you guilt and shame and working through that and um, finding your kinks and your fetishes and everything. And you have to start with yourself before you can fully give yourself to somebody else in the biblical sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like, I like this whole conversation. So- Want to make sure we, we we start like you said from the beginning. Let's establish how did this all start for you, and then I'm going to throw in a, what do you find so titillating? But really, how did it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how many sexy words can we throw in today? Um, yes, right. So no, really, how did it all start for you? This is interesting. It's a, a unusual or unique field of practice. Tell us how it started. Um, so I did get permission from my friend to share this story with you. Um, so I have a friend from college who I reconnected with um, a few years ago. And through our reconnection, um, you know, it came up that he was a virgin and he had just started dating this woman. Um, and since I was one of his only female friends, he uh, started coming to me for dating advice, um, asking me how to talk to her, uh, what kind of dates to plan and tips on intimacy, stuff like that. Um, and you know, we talked all the time about all different things with dating and sex. And after a while he started joking, he was like, Oh, I should be paying you for this. Um, and he was like, you should do this for a living. And I realized how much I loved giving him advice. <laughs> and I was like, how could I make this a reality? Um, not even thinking that this was a thing. Like I had never heard of this before. Um, so I started Googling to see if it could be a possibility. And I quickly landed on the Somatica Institute, um, which is where my training comes from. My initial training, I have um, other training past that, but my initial training is from Somatica. 
Um, and I found that there are hundreds of courses based on this type of work. Um, and since then, I've enrolled myself in several of them. I like to continue learning. I like to be as educated as I can for my clients. Um, because especially every once in a while, somebody comes out of the gate with something wild that I've never heard of before. <laughs> um, and I'm like Googling, I'm like, what the hell is this? I have no idea. Um, so <laughs> I really like to educate myself as much as possible. Um, so yeah, so that's how I got started. Just so from- that would be like an example. Like I find it more attractive when my husband vacuums the house than say puts candles in our bedroom. He's Absolutely. like, I'm home. He's like, the whole house is vacuumed. You're like. That's the greatest fucking thing I heard all year. <laughs> Take your clothes off, get in bed. Yeah, let's go. I'm like, I'm, I'm immediately like, I'm, I'm, I'm already in the mood. Perfect. <laughs> so the suction is what got you there. What? No, it's the fact that I don't have to do it. <laughs> I, I got I, I think things change as you get older, and your relationships change, and you start to um, appreciate care for each other and your family in a very different way. And when your partner. At least it's what I think, Chelsea. I, I don't know. When your partner, like, you know, helps when you have children and, and takes that, like, pressure, like, off of you a bit, like, you find yourself more um, open to them yeah. and their needs in a different way. But like, you I know? think that makes sense because it's as if you've heard my needs, right? Yeah. This is a stressor for you. Yeah. He's in it may seem to, and he, look, we're like, we're, we are totally, we're just totally, like, saying that we are, like, we're sideline quarterbacking. Is that what that's called? <laughs> Um, but it, it's taking that stress off and like answering a need that you had that from an emotional standpoint, it's all connected. Are we in the right vein here? Or is I my relationship say, in trouble? No, no, no. It <laughs> sounds like your love language is acts of service. Mm. Oh, I see so that about her. That's how you yeah. feel loved. And that's how your husband expresses his affection for you. And that's what turns you on. So hell yeah. <laughs> um, can I take notes? Acts of service. Well, Gina, good thing is this thing's recorded. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. it goes up and you can play it No, I'm going to go home and be like, Neil, do you want to listen to the Rock episode tonight? <laughs> and he's going to be like, do, do you, could you just leave my name out of your episodes? <laughs> Oh, so every, so everyone knows I usually have a pre-interview with most of our guests, and I was at home with Chelsea when I was taking with the for this pre-interview, and I didn't have my earbuds on. And Dave's like, after he could hear it because you know our offices are side by side, and he came to the door, and he's like, um, pretty much what Neil said. He's like, so you're not going to mention my name on this one, are right? you? <laughs> yeah, like, um, I have a high security job, please. Yeah, exactly. Hello. <laughs> he's like, you and Gina going to sit there and talk about our sex life, and I'm like. Probably. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you should up it, up the ante right now so that when I talk about it, it'll be all good memories. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> service me, damn it. <laughs> yes. All right, so give us, what, well, now you just said that there's a service, what's the other types of relationships? Um, so there are five love languages, and let's see if I can name them off the top of my head. So we have acts of service, words of affirmation, gift giving, physical touch, and time spent. Time spent. Oh, yes. interesting. Mm. Yes. Um, so those are the five types of love languages, and they can be different from like, you might like to receive a certain type of love language, but you might give a different one. Mm. So it well, can, that makes sense. Yeah. And honestly, I, I respond to all of them except gift giving. That's not really my thing, but I love everything else. I, touch me, spend time with me, um, tell me I'm pretty, all that. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. You know, gift giving isn't really high up there. I mean, I don't know that, but I, I don't know. I've, I always I, wanted that to be a thing for me. I always wanted, like, to have, like, a relationship. We got a lot of, like, cool little trinkets or things or jewelry or stuff. And then, like, 
I realized that that wasn't like when I was younger. I loved that kind of stuff. That kind of like, you know, I don't know. Come on, everyone got into those little Tiffany bracelets and oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like you were dating somebody, and they give you like a Tiffany bracelet for Christmas, and you're like, oh my god, it's so great. I give them all to my kids now to play with. I'm like, here you go. Here's all the Tiffany bracelets. I don't care. Yeah, that was never. I thought about that. I've yeah. not had anyone give me a yacht yet, so you oh, know there, are, there. It could be, you know, it could be the like uh, other things. Size does matter. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's the size of the. No, I'm kidding. I'm I don't kidding. know. If I got given a yacht, I might be like, well, I'm getting divorced. I just got a yacht. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I don't know. A yacht's pretty big. I, I don't know. Maybe no, not. I don't think I'm the gift. I know I'm not the gift giving. Dave's a gift giver. Yeah, yeah. I like the I like the um, touch. Definitely the touch me. Like yeah, even like when you're like sitting there and you're just like, I don't know. Sometimes I would just hold hands watching TV on the couch. It's so. Are you watching a Hallmark movie at this moment? No, we watched uh, (laughs) the new Marvel show last night on on TV, and he was like, he's like, I want to see this. I'm like, I don't. Okay, I'll do it. We only have a TV in our house, like that. We so it's on purpose, so we all read and do our things Mm -hmm. and and stay off of technology a bit. So it's not because, like, I can't have it more than one TV. It's just that we yeah. don't watch TV. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's so good. we watched movie, um, the show, and then I, we were, like, holding hands, and it's so lame. I know that my touch definitely comes from the way my father displayed um, affection because my father is very, very touchy-feely. He's Latino or was, and he was – he. He always was very, he'd always touch your hands. Like, I have a really fond memory of sitting on his deck maybe a couple of years before he passed. It was a summertime, and I had these, I, I did it. They, they were really pretty, like, leather sandals. And um, and my father put, I, I, I'll remember this the day I die, I'm sure. He put his, his hand on my foot because my leg was crossed and yeah. it was up. And he, we were just sitting on these deck chairs, and he put me, he's like, your shoes are so handsome. They're so beautiful. They look so good on you. Like my father was very affectionate with word and touch. Yeah. And those things definitely, which is weird to talk about sex and my dad in the same vein. Is it though? No. Chelsea, that is, is that weird? Everything. That is everything. So like most of our, actually not most, all of our core wounds and our core desires stem from childhood and they all show up in the bedroom one way or another. I know that sounds super weird, but it's so true. And that's why it's important, so essential to start at the beginning because it all came from childhood and it sucks to like go through all that ugliness. Um, But once you figure that out, on the other side is bliss and healing and amazing sex and boundaries and asking for exactly what you want and need. So it's all essential. So let me ask you this. So I get the things like when I talk about my dad and his touch and his and, his, and the way he expressed love and how that is where I seek find comfort in that. Explain to me um, this is because I don't understand the. Don't get me wrong. Tug my hair a little is one thing, but like really aggressive, uh, like. I don't understand rough, rough sex. And I'm sure many, many people do, and I'm not passing judgment. But how does that correlate with, like, if you had a, uh, how does that, have you seen that? Is it from, I'm just confused between, the violence part for me is hard to understand. Like choking. Yeah. So. Like, why do you love it? Yeah. I mean, personally, no, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) 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 No, um, it all, again, comes back to childhood. And there is a theory that um, your core desires come from how you were brought up, how you were raised. 
And then have you ever heard the thing that if your parent is an alcoholic, you either choose to be an alcoholic or you choose to not have a drop of alcohol in your life. You kind of go one or the other. Yeah. Like you go one way or the other. Um, so it's kind of similar with core desires. So if you were adored as a child, you might love to be adored in bed or you might like to be degraded in bed. Like you're kind of going to go one way or the other. That's just how our brain works. Um, so it's called repetition with agency or um, it's, you know, the opposite. So I'm not exactly sure where the BDSM comes from. Like all types of people love BDSM. Um, so I'm not sure if that's specifically correlated with childhood. It might just be something that you grow to love as you explore your sexuality. And, um, but it might come from either being adored as a child or being degraded as a child and choosing to go down that path or go down the opposite. I know a lot of people that are into that and they are some really powerful people and like they do it because it's the opposite of what they do all day. Yeah. And like, they're totally open about it. And you're like, this is Washington DC and I can't believe that you're so open about it. And they're like, what do I give a shit? And you're like, you were just on CNN. Cool. <laughs> Whatever. And that's the thing. Like, if you like to be in control all day, and then, like, when you're in bed, you want to have no control. You want to be a sub. Yeah. And Release. Absolutely. Yeah. There was a, um, when I first got here, I was part of another, uh, sat on a board of another organization, a woman's, uh, like, a professional organization. Yeah. They, they never really took it as early. Anyway, so if one of the first um, networking events I went to was at, um, she, from what I understand, is like the leading dom in the city, and she's got like all oh, these the Black Rose Society. We, no, That's she a thing. she owns a business here, but she she herself is one of the top doms, oh. and and so she was talking about. Um, she actually owns a, a really beautiful sex shop. Anyway, so she was talking about, and it was about finding your kink and using that in a professional way, not necessarily, it was correlated with the way she obviously approaches sex and as a dominatrix, And but it was really interesting because it went back to find your kink and use that as a power tool within your everyday life and understanding that, and it, it probably has more to do with knowing that you have power, where is it? Where does it lie? How do you? But she had some really interesting stories she shared without obviously any names. But like I, some of it, yeah, again, I'm not passing judgment. I just don't get it. How do you put your kink into your everyday life? I think it's because once you understood that this was your kink and you owned it, it gave you empowered you to go and do other things that might scare you as well. Uh -huh. Like you're just it was finding empowerment and being true to who you are allows you to be true to your nature on, in other things as well, I think is really where it came from. Just trying to figure out how to throw some kink into my cocktails. Yeah, that's... Or maybe I put my cocktails in the bedroom. I'm not really sure. <laughs> how do you shake that cocktail, Gina? <laughs> I'm just... I'm, I don't know. How, wait, I want to know about that. I want to know about that... Um, about like that, like, like putting the kink into your work. Is that a thing? Really? Um, I've never heard of such a thing, but I'm sure that like <laughs> people take certain positions and are attracted to certain careers because it gives them some kind of thrill, maybe not sexual necessarily, but like some kind of thrill, like people, you know, people love power and I'm sure that yep. translates to the bedroom in some way. One would hope. Okay. <laughs> speaking of power, Gina, we, I know we haven't still figured out a name for this. You know what? Let's just call it today. Let's call it Gina's Tech Talk. Okay. All right. Ready? Let's go do it. So we're going to make simple syrup and everyone thinks that, oh, simple syrup is so easy. It's just two ingredients. Well, you're right. It is two ingredients, but it's the way you put it together that makes it better. So what I have here is one and a half cups of, I like to use um, sugar in the raw, but you can use any kind of sugar. 
cane syrup, what, you know, um, cane sugar, whatever you want. I would not use turbinado. It is very, very strong unless you're making like a gum syrup and we can get into that on another episode. But we're going to take our sugar and then we're gonna add one and a half cups of um, hot water. This is not boiling. And the reason why I'm doing this not on a stove is to show you that you do not need to burn your simple syrup. And it is a big misconception that, oh, I'm gonna make simple syrup, I'm gonna cook it to death. Well, that's caramel. So let's not do that. Let's just take this, add the same amounts of water you have to your sugar, give it a nice stir, and you're just gonna keep stirring until you don't see anything in there except the nice uh, clear liquid. If you're using a white sugar or a brown liquid, if you're using cane, cane sugar, oh my goodness. Perhaps I need a little bit of a cocktail myself while making simple syrup. So we're gonna give this a stir. And if you notice, I did this in a mason jar because I hate cleaning up. So I like to do everything in something I'm gonna keep it in. So I did this in a mason jar that was nice and clean. You can see right through this. And now I'm gonna put a cap on it. And guess what? It's good for like three to four weeks. Put it in your refrigerator. That's the best. So Louise, isn't that smartly simple? Like you could actually put it in the jar and put it in your refrigerator. Are you gonna brand that? I mean, Sim smartly simple. simple. Smartly simple. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not as good as kink. I might have kink in a jar if I can yeah, do that. Yeah, because it's kind of sweet That's and better. sticky. <laughs> sweet and sticky. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to go to designateddrinker.show for our little tips, tricks, and how-to. And if you missed what I just said, designateddrinker.show. Awesome. So this does bring us to the end of part one with Chelsea Allen. Um, but again, if you're anything like me and Gina, one round is never enough. So be sure to top off your drink and check out part two of this episode as we continue our boozy banter and Gina shares her delicious recipe that who else but Chelsea can inspire. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia led by skilled caregivers, Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.